everybody get out. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome to Anita Vita Rides. All right, everybody. Welcome. It's Anita Vita Rides. Anita Vita Rides. Yeah. Anita Vita Rides. Yeah. Anita Vita Rides. Yeah. Who can make you better? Anita Vita Rides. In all types of weather, I need a Vita Rise. Get you back together, I need a Vita Rise. Go send her a letter, I need a Vita Rise. I need a Vita Rise. I need a Vita Rise, yeah. Need a Vita Rise, yeah, yeah. I need a Vita Rise. Welcome to another episode of Rise with Anita Vita. I am your host, Anita Vita, master medical Qigong teacher and healer. And today I'm so, so excited to invite a very special guest. She is a fellow light worker, nurse coach, board certified, registered nurse, and life coach and healer. I'd love to really welcome Miss Elisa to the show. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Thank you, sister, for coming. It has been a long time. I don't think we've talked for almost like over a year. Yeah. And Total, yeah. when we, what's that? I was just gonna say, yeah, I think it was during quarantine when we connected. Yeah. So how have you been? How are you? I've been good. I've been good. I mean, all things considered, um, I think quarantine definitely gave me that space to go inward. And now that things are starting to open up again, there's definitely a lot of excitement going on. And also this recognition that I want to maintain what I've cultivated in this inner work as you know things start to go back to normal right so overall I'm great <laughs> good I'm happy to hear that and the reason I ask is as light workers or healers we are you know constantly challenged with our own self-care practice to stay mm -hmm. full and be the container for others because that's what we do so tell us a little bit about yourself since the pandemic has happened and just the work that you're doing and the, the you're serving now. What has it been like for you? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show and inviting me here. It really is such an honor. And, you know, ever since I connected with you via Instagram, you know, I just knew that we had this soul sister connection being you know both pinais and nurses and coaches in our community so just wanted to say that and thank you for having me here um for me it, and how i've been doing and what i do so i am like you said a board certified nurse coach i am also a yoga teacher and a reiki practitioner 
And, you know, I graduated in 2013 from nursing school. And ever since then, I, I knew I always had this passion for working in the community and preventative health. And so working in the hospital, I knew wasn't where I was called to work. And so that brought me to nurse coaching. And a lot of the experience I bring forth in my approach is based on my own life. So I coach women of color, Filipino Americans around healing their relationship to their body and their relationship to food. Um, and that came about through my own experience as a second generation Filipino American navigating a binge eating disorder and this, you know, body dysmorphia, especially in a society that is really focused on the, you know, the white ideal standard of beauty. So it was really tough. Um, and so going through that recovery, I think was the, the light for me to hold the space for other people who are going through the same thing. So fast forward a little bit in my journey, you know, I worked in primary care, I worked in um, school health and home health, and all of those things were such great experiences. However, there was still this inner calling for me to be a nurse coach. And so that's where I am today. Can you explain to everyone what a nurse coach is and what they do? Yeah, so it's very similar to health coaching or life coaching in regards to helping folks who um, just want to take ownership of their own life and set goals around, um, for example, um, around their um, lifestyle. So with coaching, it's a little bit different from therapy. I think they get a little confused. And therapy is um, primarily based on, uh, majority of the time, a specific diagnosis. It can, it, you don't have to have a specific diagnosis, but it's really focusing on the past and the present versus coaching is more focused on the future. Like having that person to be at your side to help um, see the blind spots when it comes to creating these new habits or changes, setting goals, and having an accountability partner along the way. I'm so, you know, I, I relate in that, you know, I'm glad you share the difference between therapy and coaching. Because a lot of people think it's like one and the same. And sometimes, you know, you would need a little bit of both, you know, I've done, I always watch out for my clients to make sure that I can refer out to for mm -hmm. other deeper work. And to, to now serve in that capacity, can you imagine what your work is like now as a nurse, just having that type of knowledge in communicating with others and bringing to light you know, for them to really go after their true desires. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. can you share a little bit about what you do with, with helping with the body dysmorphic and uh, disorder? 
as well as, you know, body image. I think that's really important to note, especially in our culture, where food is really a primary space where we connect and we also, what I noticed too, though, also a, a way to numb, you know, mm-hmm. and, and kind of like stuff down other areas in our life that often won't surface, but shows up as, you know, being overweight or having to have any kind of um, disorder when it comes to food, a food disorder, an eating Mm -hmm. disorder rather. So it's such a unique topic. I'd love for you to share with our audience a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and thank you for, you know, I just wanted to piggyback on the therapy and the nurse coaching. I think, you know, you bring up a really good point that as nurses, we have that knowledge and it is our ethical duty to refer out if this is something that is outside of our scope. And so as a coach, especially when it comes, for me as a coach, especially when it comes to um, the body image and like the relationship with food, I'm really careful with that because I don't want to say that I necessarily work with folks who are actively in an eating disorder. Um, And so if they are, I I make sure to um, assess and Um, recommend therapy if they're in that space of needing that extra support. Um, And so as a a nurse coach and then navigating this, you know, body dysmorphia and also the relationship to food, especially being a Filipina, right? It's food is like our love language. It's, it's not just right. It's like, it's, it's, and we, we celebrate it, it's at all of our family gatherings and parties, it's um, growing up, right, for me at least, I was taught to um, clean my plate, finish your plate, and the, the story behind that was finish your plate, because if you don't finish your plate, your um, family in the Philippines are, you know, uh, you should feel grateful because your family in the Philippines don't have this kind of food. So there was like a little bit of a guilt that was embedded into that. Mm. Um, and growing up, you know, I really did love food and it was um, it was a way for me to numb. And so there's all of these different layers that are associated with eating habits and food, um, you know, emotional eating, um, using it for comfort or like as an escape. And for me, that's exactly what it was. And what I learned is that when we can be present with what's really going on in our mind and see the thoughts that are coming up before or during or after we eat food, I think that is so powerful. because instead of eating as a response or as a reaction, being able to slow down and cultivate this mindfulness, I think was something that was so important for me. And growing up, that's not something we were taught by our parents, our caregivers. So I think to answer your question, there's just so much complexity around it and everyone's story is so different. 
and especially being a Filipina growing up, you know, in with our culture, being able to unpack that a little bit more and really understand where is the root cause here of this behavior has been one of the most eye-opening experiences for me and also what I love to hold space for clients and being able to uncover that on their own as well. How did you explain what you do now to, to family and friends, mm. especially at gatherings when you go? Mm -hmm. Can you just pinpoint a time when you actually started to do this and you're about to share now what you do? Because, you know, they ask you, like, so what are you doing now? What's going on in your life? You know, when they ask, they just ask for an update. How oh, my gosh. Share? And what was that like for you? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first of all, it was so hard for me to even start opening up Mm -hmm. uh, like on social media or on Facebook because so much of my family is on there and you know explaining to people like hey this is this is my story and also because it was almost like calling them out because I think we've all kind of been there where we go to a family party and the first comment is like oh um you look a little bit you know tabacho or a little bit chubby or oh you lost some weight right it's it's this greeting um which I have now learned is 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 not something to be taken personally, um, but that has been right compartmentalized growing up. And so, um, when it comes to sharing with my family members, what is it this? What is this that I do now? Um, it's simply letting them know that this is my calling. This is something I want to share with my uh, with my community and also help heal future generations because this is um it can be very toxic right like and that's my that is really my inspiration is being able to create this community and have this way of breaking that generational trauma um so that we don't pass it down onto our future descendants um, and so when I tell them, you know, if my, if my family asks, asks me what I'm, what I'm doing now, I, I tell them like, Hey, I'm still a nurse. I'm a nurse. I'm still working part-time in my community, helping, uh, vaccinate our community, helping prevent, um, you know, illnesses. And I also have this business that I love um, to help coach. I mean, I feel like I don't have to go into details. I just say like, hey, I'm a nurse and I'm a coach and I help our um, community around their body image and um, relationship to food. And they kind of just shut up. They don't really ask more around that. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing, you know, I, I relate in, for some reason, why do we have with, with our titles, with our certifications, in a way to legitimize what we do. And what I found mm -hmm. was, it was so funny, cause like in my experience, what I found was like, oh, this was all me. I know I hear them and they will ask me like, hey, what do you do now? What is that? And it's just been interesting. So I knew it wasn't even like them. I was hearing myself. Mm -hmm. Like it was a block within me that I 
had created and the same as you where it wasn't because you know now we know better after we do so much personal development work that it's just a reflection of the person you're talking to and their thoughts and their experiences and if they're not on the same path as you and we all have unique different uniquely different paths then how do you ex you can't expect them to understand it at that level and I don't know if you experienced this with you, but when I, I, what I found was for me, when I just shared what I love to do and what I could do, and it made me happy, it didn't matter. So I created this like, oh, well, let me say I have these letters after my name and this is like a legit mm -hmm. certified program. You know what I mean? It's like, it didn't even have to go there when you just stand true, stay true to yourself, which is what you did. And you're like, Hey, I'm still doing this, but guess what? I'm also doing this, which is a dream of mine and a calling. Beyond a dream, it's a calling. And it's mm -hmm. like, whoa, okay. And I'm, have you ever asked them from that point then when you're like, hey, they just kind of basically keep quiet. And then you ask them like, well, what are, what are you up to now? What's your calling? What have, you know, and it's just, they get uncomfortable. I don't even think I get to that mm -hmm. point to be able to even ask the question and it's just crazy, mm -hmm. right? Um, how your energies either will meet or it just kind of like drops because, oh, Elisa is just being too bright and I can't match that. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. just gonna, um, all right, she's doing amazing things, cool. Yeah, I, I love that you bring that up because I think I, I still have those stories sometimes too, you know, and I posted about, about it on my social media. Like, you know, I'm a real nurse. Like I have to remind myself that like, I am a real nurse. I graduated from nursing school. I got my degree. I passed the NCLEX. I am a nurse. And when I stepped into this coaching role, I had major imposter syndrome, you know, cause I felt like I was leaving the nursing world because in my mind, what I've created was this story that in order to be a nurse, you had to work at the bedside. You had to work in the hospital. And, you know, stepping into this entrepreneurship journey has been one of the most healing, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. It's been one of the most healing experiences I've ever, um, you know, gone through because it really did test my um my commitment to healing and helping other people heal and so i'm just really glad that i have met you and also other nurse entrepreneurs there's so many of us out there by the way right like yeah all of these there's a tribe of us tribe of us out there and when I started to explore that and know that I wasn't alone in this journey, it made me really own that, hey, I'm a nurse. And as nurses, we're awesome because we have such a multifaceted um, world we could step into. And, you know, it really took a lot of work for me to start dismantling those um, those thoughts right about about nursing and especially I don't want to name any names in my family but like this desire to be a nurse because we have to make money right this is 
the money making career. And I had to put myself into their shoes because I think that's coming from like a scarcity mindset, right? Like, and, and, no, no judgment or shame on any nurse out there who is doing it for the money. Like, I think that's really great. I think for me, I didn't do it. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it because I want to continue to help other people own their joy, share their joy, be happy, just like you, you know, and, and that's what makes me happy. I think the money, you know, it'll, it'll come, it'll come in its own way. The universe has um, a plan for us. Yeah, I relate 100%. And I remember when we did a um, Instagram live like last year, right? We did a live together and and that was an important topic that once a nurse, actually I saw your most recent post too. You said, once a nurse, I'm always a nurse, right? So there's so much self-identifying with the work that we do and the letters that come after our name we forget who we are first. We're spirit first, no matter what. And when you find your calling to follow it and be brave enough to keep going through all the tests that's given to us, I really believe that it will lead you to that path or that calling, you know, for, and for those of you guys who are thinking right now, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my calling is, then start somewhere. You're inspired by people every day. It just depends on your perspective and your focus on how to go about it. And I'm so glad that, Elisa, you know, you stand and stay true to like, I'm a nurse no matter what. I don't have to do the, what's the, oh, what's my favorite recommended amount of time to work at the bedside? I think it was a year work a minimum six months to one year, get your experience. And then from there, a higher level of care, acute care. And this is the roadmap that was given to me. And, you know, from there, get your bachelor's, because at the time I was in the associates program. And in fact, I was one of those nurses who was like, I'm gonna do it for the money. I'm gonna do it for the money and the travel. Well, guess how that worked out for me. <laughs> I ended up getting sick. I ended up, I actually really dimmed it. I, I was so good at like stuffing it all down that it, it showed up as dis-ease in my body. Mm. And I've shared this story um, with you where I had chronic gut issues, IBS for me. And I was like, this is interesting. And I had zero knowledge about spirituality, chakra systems, um, just that world, right? The, let's call it the woo-woo world, which is what most of you probably hear about it, like, oh, meditation, sound healing, all these things. Yet, how interesting is it now being more celebrated rather than kept quiet about? And now you're incorporating all of it through your practices as a Reiki practitioner and also yoga. So did you start off with one or the other? Was it kind of, did it all come together? Which one came first? What did you, you know, what found you first? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yoga came first for sure. I was practicing yoga even in 
college, late high school, and it was primarily for physical practice, really. You know, I just want to get fit. I want to get flexible. And then, you know, there was this one time in a yoga class where my teacher said something like, you know, you, how you are on the mat is a reflection of who you are off of the mat. And I was like, oh, crap, I'm really mean to myself. <laughs> and then after that, it was just like, you know, because I was mean to myself on the mat because I was like, oh, if I can't get into this pose, like, I suck or something mm. like that, right? So it was really yeah. interesting how that has evolved into a spiritual practice and being able to have appreciation and gratitude for the body as a whole. Um, and that was really where the mindfulness and the, the meditation started also. Mm. And then came the Reiki. The Reiki, I got certified as a Reiki practitioner in 2019. Very cool. How are those two practices helping you now in as an entrepreneur as well as in your nursing practice? Mm. Everything. <laughs> I mean, it helps keep me grounded. It helps me remember that there is this universal intelligence within us around us and it helps also trust my intuition you know and i know that's something you also talk about too in your work and um with that with those practices in my tool belt i feel like it just helps me remember that there's something bigger than us out there that is supporting us in our success and in our joy and in our fulfillment in our life if we just give it permission and allow it to um, do its work and its magic and so i also incorporate that into my coaching so folks who work with me i offer um, a free or not a free but included in the in the package is a reiki session because i feel like reiki is something that is accessible to anyone and everyone um, and giving them that space to experience that healing is um, I think is just so helpful and beneficial. With the Reiki, how did Reiki find you? Did you have um, like what specific ailment, uh, if you could say, were you experiencing where you're like, Hmm, I feel like let me try Reiki out to mm -hmm. see if I can further utilize this divine energy within me to assist me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to my first Reiki session when I was actually struggling with a binge eating disorder. Mm. I, um, I went to someone at the time where I felt very out of control and um, almost like, how do I say this? Yeah, like something else was controlling me. Like I couldn't control my, my actions and my, my behaviors. So um, I went to a Reiki master and found that I had blockages around my 
root chakra, my solar plex, and my heart. And when I was given that information, it was like a light bulb for me. You know, it was it was reminding me that I was going outside of myself to um, to fix myself or to make myself whole. And that Reiki session reminded me that I'm already whole. I'm already enough. I'm already whole. And that coming back to my physical body and my inner body and being in alignment with both um, was something that is, wasn't going to happen overnight and that um, it's something that can be worked on through my mindset. Um, so even after the Reiki session, you know, it's not like, oh, done, you're everything's going to be all good, but it just helped bring more awareness into what was happening within myself and in my thoughts and in my emotions and how driven I was by that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how, what our minds send us to, and then it shows up in our body and that if we had only known, you know, that connection, that mind-body connection, I'm curious to just how much, if I would have even prevented my own chronic pain and suffering from happening. Yet at the same time, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't even know to seek the teaching that found me that I'm now teaching to others. Isn't that crazy? Jeez, it's like wow. you had to go through your path anyway. Exactly. So. It's like being able to see that sometimes there's 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 a gift in the in the in the wounds and in the pain. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanted to kind of piggyback on because the, the IBS that you mentioned, I, I also experienced a lot of that very similar. And I thought that it was because of the food I was eating. Um, and and what I discovered was actually that my emotions were the ones that were feeding this stagnation in my system. And so I was reaching for food because I was upset. I was reaching for food because I was sad, like every emotion. I wasn't processing my emotions and allowing myself to actually feel it um, and express it. I was always reaching for something else to try to manage that so yeah thank you for sharing that as well you're welcome i knew <laughs> like i just relate in so many levels i'm like and i hope those of you who are watching are just you know i'm hearing keywords as as elise was talking and she's saying allow and heal uh feel feel we're in the most, in the, in the career that you're doing as a nurse, right? When your emotions are involved and you are not being aware to how you process them and how you also take them in and having no discernment between the sick that you're taking care of, being super emotional, that you also would absorb that. And if you're working 40 hour weeks as well as 12 hour days, you're and not finding the time to to sit with it and release it 
it will eventually build. And that's how many nurses are walking around unaware of what's coming up and then shows up as anxiety, depression, all kinds of imbalances emotionally that we weren't taught about and shared. I mean, they're great at sharing the anatomy of everything, right? In, the, in our schooling. But then when you, I don't even think they taught about emotions. Do you remember in school? No. No. <laughs> I'm thinking, I was like, was it even in psych? Was it even, if anything, it was, if you felt a certain way, it was because of a side effect of a medication. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that was the only time, but I don't think they really shared like, what we are up against when we are healthcare workers. This goes for healthcare workers too, not just nurses. And the mm -hmm. emotions and the ramifications that go with that. And don't even get me started about self-care because that was zero class. There were zero classes on that. <laughs> and mm -hmm. you know, I know we related on so many levels on that. And that's why I'm so grateful that we connected. And so mm -hmm. on that note, what favorite quote or saying or words of wisdom do you live by? Mm. There's this one quote and I think it kind of ties into our conversation here that I absolutely love and it's by Viktor Frankl. It is between a stimulus and a response there is a space. In that space is our power to choose um, our response and in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Ooh, that's a good one. I gotta take note of that one. Very mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Well, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you? What do you have going on? Mm -hmm. And how can we support you? How can we support you? Um, yeah, I think you could support me by, I mean, just following me on Instagram at Elisa Coaching. Um, come say hi, send me a DM. I'm always posting about upcoming events that I'm, um, you know, collaborating with in our community. And what I have going on right now, I do have open space for one-on-one -on -one coaching if you know you're a filipina or a person of color who is resonating with the work that i do i would love to even if you're just curious about learning about what i do um, i would love to connect with you so feel free to send me a dm or you could email me at elisa at elisacoaching.com um, and then in the near future, in the next few months, I'm actually going to be opening up a group coaching program. So um, I'm super excited about that. It's going to be the second round. I've taken a break to really refine and revamp this program. So that will be coming up. It's a 12-week program um, in the next few months. So follow me on Instagram. I'll be posting more about that on there as well. How exciting. Your work is so, so needed. I'm so grateful and thankful that we reconnected again. I see the resiliency in you, sister. And last question, 
What does resiliency mean to you? Ooh, that's a good one. Resiliency means to me is simply being able to pick yourself up. No matter what comes your way, if it's challenging, if it's difficult, know that you always have the power to pick yourself up, whether that's something you want to do on your own or with the support of other people or with the support of energy and spirit, there's always um, an opportunity to keep going. Thank you for being here, sister. I appreciate you. Excited mm -hmm. to have shared your story and somebody out there is listening, who is hearing your words and getting to know your story, who's just like you. So I'm so excited to see their growth and I hope they follow you and find you. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you really for this space and allowing me to share my story and again, for your work and being able to hold space for other healers out there to share their work. So really, really honored and thank you so much for having me here. Appreciate you, sister. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> Bye. Yes. Well, there you have it, you guys. You know, I've been so blessed to meet so many nurses who are also doing light work. And it's just amazing to see so many of us. And, I, you know, Elisa talked about there's so many nurses out there now doing this type of work where we're in inviting spirituality in, we are recognizing the divinity and the power within us and taking back our power. I think that's so, so amazing. So I hope you connect with her. You know, her information is here and be inspired by her and share her story and share this episode to somebody who is needing some support, especially when it comes to, you know, reconnecting back to their bodies. So thank you again for being here. Before I let you go, I have a few announcements myself. I'm still having three spots for coaching and healing, as well as if you have been following me on Instagram, I have dropped the dates for an in-person retreat with two beautiful soul sisters of mine. Their name is Angela and Tiare. We are doing a retreat out in Hawaii. So if you want more information on that, get on our wait list, leave me your name, your email, and you will be notified. So thank you again for being here. I'm so grateful and thankful to just hold this space for you to get to know my guests and just stay connected with me and get to know me a little bit more. I thank you and I am grateful. I hope you have a beautiful evening. As always, I root for your rise. See you next week, everybody.